Frontier Missions Journal. Stories of hope for the unreached with Adventist Frontier Missions. The Maghreb is the region of North Africa bordering the Mediterranean Sea. The languages spoken are influenced to a greater or lesser degree by Arabic and Berber dialect. When Ian and Elsa Lane moved to the Maghreb project, they needed to learn the language, embarking on their mission to the Maghrebi people. Witness how their dedication to Christ won over a Muslim man in this story titled Mustafa. My wife Elsa and I moved to the Maghreb project, and while we were there, we learned of a language school in one of the major cities and decided that we were going to settle there for the duration of our language learning process. We moved to that city about five weeks, maybe six weeks at the most, after our language school had started. COVID hit. School shut down. Everybody mandatory. You had to be in your apartments, in your homes. We were given permission slips to be able to go out. The only way that we could go out is if we had a permission slip to either go to the bank to get money so we could go to the market to buy food, or if you needed to go to the hospital, or if there was another necessary reason for being out and you had to be able to prove that it was a necessity. We were there in this city, locked down, with military personnel walking around the streets. not being able to get out. But before this happened, we had met this young man named Mustafa. We had bought our our furniture for our apartment from one of his friends. But when lockdown happened, Mustafa actually happened to be in the apartment of the family that we purchased the the furniture from. The family had already moved. And so Mustafa was stuck. As a local, he was not allowed to be anywhere except for where his residence was. If he left the apartment and was stopped by a police officer, he could have been arrested because he was not in the area that he was supposed to be. So he was stuck. Well, he was stuck with all of our stuff that we had purchased. So during this time, I would take my necessity permission slip just in case I was stopped because they were about a block and a half away and I would go over to the apartment because I needed to pick up stuff that we had purchased. During these little trips, of course, he was stuck by himself and we would take time, an hour, maybe two hours, we would sit and talk and he had just become a Christian within... Uh, the last two years before we before we met him, a very very baby Christian in his walk with the Lord. During these times, we would we would have the opportunity to talk about God. What he was told was he was now saved and he didn't need to worry about anything else. He was not discipled previously, uh, so he was very he was really mixing Christianity with his former religion. Over time, our relationship continued to grow. After the restrictions started lifting, uh, he was able to finally get out of the apartment. But before that happened, realized I never saw food. I asked him one day, do you need us to get you some groceries? And he's like, no, no, it's okay, it's okay, I've got food. 
I went back to our apartment. He texted me and he said, well, if you're going to go to the market, here's a list of things that I could use next time you come over. So we, we started taking food to him and helping him, seeing that he could not leave the apartment where he was at. So after the restrictions started lifting, we were able to actually start hanging out together. He, he helped us a lot in the area. He, he helped me get my motorcycle because I did not know the language at that point. So he helped make the deal for that. We just really began to become brothers in Christ. One day he, he asked my wife and I to go out to the village where he grew up. So one Sabbath, we, we jumped on our motorcycles and we, we drove out to the village where, where his family was from. Took a guitar with us and sat underneath an olive tree looking out across the valley. Had a little worship talk and sang a lot of, sang a lot of songs. And while we're sitting there, he said, this is the first time that I have ever experienced worshiping God like this. And it was the first time that he was willing to say Happy Sabbath. I had said Happy Sabbath to him a number of times, but he, he hadn't learned anything about the Sabbath truth. And so he still wasn't ready to say, call Saturday Sabbath, but he said worshiping him with us was the best experience that he had ever had. And over time, we went back out to the village several times, and we always worshipped with him on Sabbath, and he always said that it was the best time of worship that he had ever had. And our, our friendship continued to grow and continued to grow. We met his family, and they, they, do, they do not know that he is a Christian. Uh, they know that we're Christians, and they, they really like us. They think we're great people. Uh, but they... They don't know that he is. The brothers are kind of assuming that he is or might be, and his life is not the safest uh, because of it. He was really praying, and he, he told us he really wanted to, to go to America to get more education because as having a degree from America, he would be able to do a lot more in his country. So that was his prayer. Well, he met an American young woman and they started talking and they started dating and Elsa and I we had the privilege of being able to be part of being with them in that culture there it's not good for for them to be alone and so we kind of were quote the, the older chaperones <laughs> and we we were able to to help in the process of their starting their relationship well in that time he actually was accepted to a university in the United States. Then he had to start the process of how do I afford going to school? And God just opened so many doors and he would say, well, I'm not going to be able to afford it and it's not going to work out. And we would just keep encouraging him. Well, continue to pray about it. If this is where God wants you, he'll work it out. Well, there was one, one time we traveled somewhere for Thanksgiving and he was, he was back up in the city. He called me and he said, Brother, when are you coming back? I said, well, we'll be gone a week. And he said, you can't come back today? I said, no, what's going on? And well, I, 
I read through Genesis. I said, you read through the whole book? And he said, yeah, I started a couple of days ago. I read through it and I, I have these questions. I said, well, you, you have other, other believers there that are your, are your friends. And he said, well, I've called them and they've told me that they don't have time. And when are you coming back? Because I, I really want to ask these questions. When I told him we would be back, and when we did get back, he came over and he said, okay, here are my questions, you tell me the answers. I said, well, first off, we're gonna, we're gonna take a moment, we're gonna pray about it, and then we're gonna let the Holy Spirit lead as we open the Word of God and see. So we had prayer, and this was the first time in over a year that he was willing to open the Bible and see what it actually had to say for itself. So he asked the question, and I said, okay, let's see what the Bible says about this question. We did that for every single question, and he found the answers to his questions from the Word of God. Never once did either of myself or Elsa say what the answer was. And we got done, and he said, I have never experienced being able to find the answers to my questions in the Bible. And he stopped and he said, a difference between you and Elsa and my other Christian friends is if I want to hang out and watch a movie, I go to my other friends. If I want to have a good spiritual relationship, I come and I spend time with you. That was just another step in our relationship. He got accepted to the university. God raised all of the money and brought it in for him. He moved to the United States and left us in his home country. In that process, we were called to make a transition. And we ended up actually coming back to the States. We continue to have a relationship with him. And in that process, he has now gone to church with me on a Sabbath. When we left, he said that was the most amazing thing. He said when he would go to church with his wife, who they are now married, they go to a different denomination. And he said when he goes to church there, nobody wants us to ask questions and they want to just stand around and drink coffee. The song service has to be a, a production, a show. And he said, today I experienced people were, were willing for me to ask questions. The singers up front made mistakes. The pastor was willing to answer questions. And he said, when people made mistakes, everybody still supported them. He said, everyone was so friendly and cheerful and they want me to come back. He said, I have not experienced that at any other church before. And so that was just an amazing weekend that I had with him. It was probably a couple of months later. He called me and he, he said, happy Sabbath, brother. And I said, yes, yes, it is Sabbath. He sent me a text with a picture of a gentleman that I actually know. And he said, this is the guy that's speaking at church today. I said, wait a second, it's Sabbath, you're going to church? He said, yeah, I wanted to go to church today. And so he had taken the initiative on himself and made that decision to go to church on that Saturday. And his wife actually was willing to drive him to church, which she had never been willing to do that before. Our relationship with Mustafa just continues to grow. We see his wife is possibly maybe a little bit more open. So we're praying that one day she'll ask him if she can go to church with him and that God will, God will speak to her and show her that there, there's a lot of truth out there that she doesn't 
know yet and that they would find peace and joy going to this church. In the meantime, since then, I have spent some time with him. And the last time that we talked, he has grown from wanting people to tell him everything to sitting there and hearing what the Holy Spirit is teaching him in God's Word. He gave me the, the example. He and his wife were having a conversation. And he told his wife, we need to look different than the rest of the world. He said, the way to heaven is not by following the big crowds. He said, we've got to, we've got to keep our eyes focused. And the thought came to me and I said, have you, have you read in the book of Matthew where it talks about the straight and narrow way? And he said, no, I've never read that passage. And so we opened it up and we read it. And he said, this is exactly what I was saying to my wife. And I said, that is the sign of the Holy Spirit working in your life. You spoke to her biblical truth, yet you didn't know that Jesus had actually said this in the word. He just sat there, just contemplating those thoughts. When I look back at the story and life between Mustafa and myself, just over the short few years that we've known each other, I have watched this young man grow from somebody that thought, well, I've accepted Jesus, it doesn't matter what I do, I'm now saved, to a man that says, what I see is wrong, and what I see in the Bible I'm not seeing, and we should be living according to the Bible and repenting and confessing and living like Christ. And what a transformation that has been and what joy it fills my heart to see a man that is truly growing in Christ. I ask that you would please pray for Mustafa and his wife. As he is growing, it's hard because she's not growing at the same rate and the families. So please pray for Mustafa and his wife. As he's growing, uh, he's growing at a faster rate than she is and it, it can cause things to be more difficult. So please pray that they could be on the same page spiritually and that they will continue to grow in Christ together. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Frontier Missions Journal. God bless.